live from Southern California. California. It's the Slightly Serious Show. The Slightly Serious Show. The furthest thing from serious. And now, here is your host, Slightly, along with co-host Eric from Georgia. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Slightly Serious Show. It is Monday, July 26, 2021. Welcome. Jeez. Such a subtle clap, it sounds like tonight. Everybody's got a hangover or something. I don't know what the hell's going on. (laughs) Unbelievable. Anyways, I apologize about Friday. We uh, were kind of uh, quite a bit under the weather, actually. And so we were unable to uh, get to, you know, do the show on Friday. So, and I want to check on one. One really one thing out really quickly. I just want to make sure that our good friend uh, Jim is on the other line here. Uh, Jim, are you there? And can you hear us? I can. I'm on the phone line. Yes. Perfect. All right. Anyways, okay. As as most of you know, uh, tonight we have the uh, gentleman from the Freethink Institute uh, on with us tonight, and including uh, we also have uh, producer Eric joining us. I'm on the video call as well, but I'm muted on the pod beam. So I want to welcome each of you uh, to the call. And uh, like I said, uh, Jim yeah. is uh, calling in. Uh, he is not on the uh, video portion, but he has uh, graced us with his yeah. presence on the phone. So I appreciate you uh, <laughs> yeah. calling in, Jim. And not a worry. And I believe Dustin and I believe Dustin regrets that he won't be able to join us this evening. Well, you'll have to catch him next and, time. But uh, yeah, he was uh, definitely a uh, honor welcome, to have Dave. last time. Welcome, Peter. Welcome, Mark. Welcome, Jim. Welcome, Ray. So, this evening. tell me what uh, what the big uh, deal is. Uh, I mean, a lot has happened since we, uh, hell, it seems like it's been six months since we last had you on, but I know it's only been a couple months. Um, what is the big thing that you guys have been paying attention yep. to uh, and all that? What's, uh, what's, what, what, is, what, are we, what are we up against? What's the biggest fears uh, that we have going on today? I think, uh, the big tech lawsuit is is huge. I think that is a big topic. Something that um, you know with, that Trump is doing, and and I'm I'm really glad that he we have a voice like him uh, to lead this effort. I think that's what we need. Uh, but you know, really, that to me is one of the most serious uh, issues that we have as conservatives because we are being censored, and of course, and. Uh, you know, th- as we've said before, this is the new town square, and we are, our free free speech is being stifled, and something has to be done. And we're I'm sure we'll be talking about that more with Section 230 and how these big tech uh, giants like Facebook and Twitter have been hiding behind that. Uh, um, and uh, we something has to be done. We have to we have to definitely uh, really uh, keep our our focus on that uh, over the next few months. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Something needs to be done, especially when, you know, we're just starting to get out about how not just Facebook, but many other of the social tech giants are starting to become an arm of our government as we're, con- you know, continuously starting to hear about how, you know, uh, the Biden administration wants to make sure that uh, Facebook, Twitter, and all these other big social co- uh, network companies um, basically censor speech, uh, censor our free speech. And if that's the case, um, doesn't that make, even though they're in 
quote unquote independent company, doesn't that make them an extension of our government? What What do you guys think of that? Um, any? I think well, they're there behaving is like that. Is sure. Yeah, they're behaving like. Uh, Go ahead, Jim. I think there is a correlation that when when tech, big tech, and uh, well, when any business and government work together, that the gov the business becomes a quasi governmental organization. So there there is Trump. I think what they're doing now strongly supports Trump's lawsuit and the class action suit because I think they opened up a can of worms that they didn't want to open up by you know this whole silencing of people. Do you and you know how we have. Uh, this is specifically for you, Jim, specifically in how the Supreme Court judges have not want to even take on not even a single election case. Do you have faith in them that they'll take on uh, a case as far as uh, the freedom of speech? The, prob the problem with that I saw with the uh, and, and Ray and I have had discussion about this is that the I think that the Supreme Court was scared into not taking those cases. They saw what was going on last summer, and I think that they got scared that if they took on those cases, there would be more writing that there was than there was. I think this big tech case is different than the election case. And I, I believe that they will, they will be able to get the four justices needed to bring the case forward. They only need four justices to agree to hear the case. So in other words, you're so I believe that they will. So in other words, uh, Jim, what you're telling me is you think that you feel that uh, the Supreme Court justices were worried about, I don't know, too much violence going on if they were to listen to an election case. Oh, I think I think that was so a great part of it. To that, what I see happening is you know it's evident Dr. Fauci's emails. That, I mean, he I mean he was openly colluding with you know Mark Zuckerberg. You know, where will Facebook will get out your message? and then they've systematically squashed any other message about the coronavirus. So you have that. But the other thing that happened is, you know, when they're exposed to content and all of that, I think what that is was that was setting up the was setting up because they're gonna they're going to deplatform a whole bunch of people. And I think all of us that got that are probably at risk for being deplatformed, and they can use that as so. There was we offered help for being, you know, be that you're exposed to extreme content. They are doing that because everything that's going on with the Democrats right now, they're they're so vulnerable. They're so vulnerable on the election, the economy, mm -hmm. the you know crime, especially, mm -hmm. and all of these things are coming are all coming together, and they they want less people on the internet on social media, talking about the truth. So I think they're really looking at, you know, trying to deplatform a lot of people. And I think this is all um, something we're going to see. So Trump's lawsuit is so, is so important that it will be, you know, even if he loses his lawsuit, he will at least bring, the, at least bring this issue forward because I do worry about the Supreme Court hunting on this because of Section 230. Um, but I think that will be a motivator to, if he loses it, it'll be a big motivator for him, or sorry, for the Congress to finally tackle this issue. So let's be hopeful. Mm -hmm. So yeah. basically setting a precedent, in other words. Go ahead, Jim. I also think that people are getting, getting ahead of themselves, already putting this case before the Supreme Court. 
it's going to be two to three years before this case even gets to the Supreme Court. Never mind arguments, because you, you, right now the case is in a district court in Florida. Then it's going to go to an appeals court. Do you think it's going to have? Then it's going to go to. Do you have? To, do you think it's going to have to get to the Supreme Court, or you think we can stop it before it's necessary that the Supreme Court even listens to it? I mean, no, I think it's going to go to the Supreme Court. I think just by virtue of the fact that the, the companies that are involved, if a, if a lower court rules in favor of the uh, Trump lawsuit, they will just appeal. So it's, this this case will definitely go. There's too much to be lost if big tech loses this case. So, of course, it's going to go to the Supreme Court. I, I'm curious. I, I, I just wonder. I wonder what the figure is that the uh, that our government is paying these social media co- companies to censor for them. I mean, they got to be getting paid quite a bit, don't you guys think? I don't know if it's so much the the money. I think it's the power. I mean, you've now vested free speech in the hands of a half dozen people in this world. And that, that's a powerful thing. Yeah, no, it, it is a powerful I mean, thing. And, and, and people like uh, Mark Zuckerberg and, and all the others, they love that power. I mean, hell, just take a look at uh, the two big egomaniacs trying to fight who's going to uh, go further in space between Elon Musk and uh, yeah. Bezos. <laughs> two, two billionaires throwing it on the table, mine's bigger than yours, and well, just to say they bounced around in space. Well, you have to give it to Bezos. At least he went up there, right? Why? Why hasn't uh, Elon done it? No huevos, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Elon was the smartest one of them all. He let it, he let his company do the you know do the research. He let his company well, yeah. do the you know do the work. And, well, why yeah. wouldn't you? Why he would you put your own? Why would you put your own life at risk when you can use others? Exactly. You're, you're a billionaire. You don't. I want to be around. If I'm a billionaire, I want to be around to enjoy it. Exactly. I hear that. Now, um, yeah, you know, with, with, so with social medias, uh, I know you guys wanted to talk about a little bit, and I think uh, it was either Ray, uh, either Ray or Arch that wanted to take the lead on this. As far as the uh, the bylaws on campaign contributions where incumbents get priority on the money, um, you want to spread a little information on, on that? Ray, I believe that would be you. Yeah. I think Ray um, is frozen out. Yeah, Ray, uh, uh, yeah, he, I think he, uh, we have a bad connection with Ray right now. Yeah, um, he, yeah he appears like he's, he's pixelated. While, so, while we um, try to fix the uh, connection with Ray, uh, may we uh, have, a good, have a good one, uh, Crazy Kane. Good to see you, buddy. Appreciate you dropping by. One of the things that I had uh, recently have uh, taken notice of is it, it seems like the Republicans, uh, and I'm speaking in in regards to the audits being done in Arizona. Why are the Republicans so hard pressed to not want to release who's funding these audits? I mean, to me, um, at this point, the most important thing is transparency with the American people. I mean, if right. if the Republicans want to make sure they get this right. They need to be transparent in everything they're doing, including funding who's doing the processing of the audits. Why is that being? Well, I, think being, being I think the funding is being done by the state of Arizona. There was a Senate, the Senate committee that ordered the uh, audit to be done. Right. But they're not, being transparent. The goes, they're not being transparent who, uh, well, th- there is funding that from Arizona, the state themselves, but there also there is also yeah. private money that's coming in, 
and they don't want to release who's been, who's funding that. And then they shouldn't see that. There's still a lot of, and this is the problem I have with the Republican Party, is that there's still that entrenched, you know, old guard in the Republican Party that we have to get rid of. And right. we'll, mm-hmm. that's a great question. Where is that money coming from? And I mean, there shouldn't be anything to hide. I mean, they're trying to expose what went wrong. So uh, while you're unexposing that, be transparent while you're while you're at it, because no matter exactly. what, regardless of what the findings are, you know, the Democrats are going to dispute anything that shows up in these audits. We already know that. And my, I, the other question I have for you guys, let's say these audits that are conducted that they show that indeed that there was, um, you know, we're, we're trying to take it easy because we just got back on YouTube this week. <laughs> Let's say that funny business happened in the election. Where, where do we, you know, what are they going to do about it? I mean, are we just spending there's money not, for the hell of it? Well, they're, they're exposing the fraud, but there's not anything, there's no, no vehicle within the Constitution to reverse anything that's already been done. I mean, Joe Biden's the president. Joe Biden's going to be the president until Kamala Harris says, okay, you're gone and I want to take over. Right. But but there's no avenue within the Constitution to reverse an election. It happened. They right. they stole the election. And it's, you know, it is what it is. We have to live with it. But it's going what the audits will do and what all this, all these different you know, cases throughout the country are going to show audits throughout the country is that the Democrats, what they did do in 2020. And I think it's going to be devastating for them in 2022. Yeah, I think well, so too. Americans have lost all confidence. Americans have, well, you know, since half the country, conservatives have lost all confidence in elections. They have to, mm-hmm. uh, as we go into 2022 uh, and again for the presidential election 2024, uh, Americans have to be reassured, and when they when they start seeing the results of these forensic audits that are done by independent, you know, Americans, uh, that it will restore some faith. Because mm-hmm. frankly, in my opinion, I don't think conservatives will win another election with uh, the way things are as is. Uh, the mail-in ballot ballots offer such a, uh, a great risk for fraud. Um, we already saw in, in Maricopa County, uh, the, um, the, these uh, computer systems were uh, vulnerable to hacking. Um, that already came out in the hearing just weeks ago. Um, and, 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 you know, when I listened to the Arizona Senate hearing, that was enough for me right there. It seemed like there was already plenty of evidence to show that they have to do something. And, and I do believe that. It would be a domino effect with the other swing states, because I think that these other states like Wisconsin, Georgia, uh, Pennsylvania, this same type of stuff is happening. And uh, it will be interesting. Arizona will be the first. uh, I believe we'll be hearing some of the final uh, results soon in the next couple of weeks. I believe they've subpoenaed um, routers. Uh, I just saw that coming out tonight. Um, and you know, I don't understand why they're so hesitant. You know, they, if you have nothing to hide, you should welcome these forensic audits to vindicate yourself. You know, um, there, I have seen such uh, pushback 
in Arizona. And, you know, that right there enough is enough to tell me that it's suspect and that there is fraud, uh, fraud there. So, yeah, I watched the same hearing as Arch did. And what I thought was very telling in that hearing that from the time those, those, uh, machines were installed in Arizona and through the election, there were 39,000 intrusions on those systems that were unexplained and that the state of Arizona had no way to research to find out who who did because Dominion never gave them the codes to go back in and see who those people were trying to infiltrate the computer system. Yeah. Uh, David, you wanted to say something? Yeah. The back. Is, is that if we do find we do turn out that a lot of, there was a lot of fraud going during the 2020 election. No, we cannot do anything about it to unseat. Even if states were to reverse their certifications, we still can't do anything about it. But what do is, is that it would pressure the Republicans, especially the Republican right and file to pressure the representatives to put a halt to any kind of legislation from the Biden administration, as well as if we were to prevail in 2002, we should start congressional investigations as well as everything. I mean, we should put take out all roadblocks for the Biden administration to literally pacify them. I was reading something today, and I'm remiss that I don't remember where it was. There are 18 states right now that have election reform laws in the works. So that there's, you know, the the Republican states are addressing the the fraud, and that's all that's all we can do right now. Even in Massachusetts, here in liberal liberal blue Massachusetts, there's a big push for voter ID. And, and, and it looks like it's going to get on it. And speaking of all these, uh, you know, uh, voter, you know, how the, the left is so against all these new voter uh, regulations that are sweeping across, like in Georgia and in, in Arizona and stuff like that. I have been searching far and wide for anybody, left-leaning Democrat, total left-wing nuts, whomever, to try to explain to me how they feel these laws are race racist. I mean, everything is racist these days in society, it seems like. But um, I find nothing. I mean, hell, you're going to, if you're an American, you're on the verge right now of having to show your vaccine passport, for God's sakes, to enter into a business. Yet they still don't want you to have to provide a voter, uh, an identification to put your vote in. That doesn't make too much sense to me. Well, okay, now Texas was one of the first states to enact voter integrity laws. As a result, uh, they did, uh, Texas Secretary of State did a study a few years, about a year ago, where the, during the 2020 election, minority participation actually went up and not down. So the, the, the whole idea that this is a uh, suppression of vote, uh, votes by minority, uh, by minority voters is really a myth especially among Hispanic voters, because especially those of us who were raised American, um, mm-hmm. we understand what's going on. And we're waking up, really, because, I mean, come on. I mean, things like, you know, the black genocide going on with Planned Parenthood is 
a re- it's a real thing. It has really happened. And, um, this, and the thing is, is that when you have this happening to black people or black babies, it's only a matter of time it's going to happen to brown babies as well. Well, and then, and then you also look at a reliably Republican safe state like Alabama and our good friend Jeremy from the Cummings' is Culture podcast. He's talked about this on his show and his good friend who is the Secretary of State, John Merrill, there. You know, he, um, you know, Alabama passed some very tough, like, election reform laws to the point that you had, like, entities like the ACLU suing Alabama, and, they, and, and those cases went to the Supreme Court, and Alabama won, and, and John Merrill made it very clear, even though his term will be ending next year, that, that Dominion and Smartmatic would not be, be in Alabama for as long as he was Secretary of State, and then recently he became the victim of what people would look at as an alleged and apparent political hit job One of the things that I've been and looking at, right? I mean, I mean, if you if you, the Democrats, it almost seems like hell. They want to let people vote up until like six months prior to the election if they have it their way. I mean, yes, having a set time for everybody, no matter who you are, to go vote—that's uh, not being racist or no. to anybody, in my opinion. I mean, and no. I think we all feel the same way yeah. in regards to mail-in ballots. Uh, I'm okay with it, like for military personnel that are overseas or something. Right, right. But uh, unless yeah. you're requesting it for some circumstances that are, you know, beyond to where maybe you can't get into a polling station or something, right? Uh, it doesn't mean that every. It's just like me here in California. I was mailed a mail-in ballot. I went and voted in person. Nobody ever even asked me for my mail-in ballot. So, and you want to tell me, oh, no, no, no fraud occurred. No. Everybody, everybody. And how many of those nice. mail-in ballots were sent in and how many people went and voted? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I went and voted in person um, because I, I've seen like un- unsolicited flyers come in the mail, like to apply for the mail-in ballot. But the thing about me is I just threw mine in the trash can and I'd say I'm, I'm going to go vote, vote in person, mask or no mask. And, and I'm going to show my ID to them to show that, hey, I am who I am. Like, I'm not no fake or, or, or somebody with malicious intent to overthrow our government. I'm here just to, to, to be a voice of, like, who I want in office, who I feel best represents, you know, what I want, want for this country and, and for my local and state, state communities. I think that's, uh, that's what the most important thing is right now, especially with everything uh, that we're experiencing in our society. I mean... Uh, it appears as though the government and uh, the news media wants to throw all of the entire the racial thing out in society, the CRT stuff uh, and mm-hmm. all that, just as, I don't uh, know, to me, it's, 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 it's a great way to focus America's attention on something else. Right. Uh, as opposed to what actually wouldn't happen, what actually happened last November, I think. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what's happening. It is a distraction from the failures of the Biden administration, which was a train at the very beginning. Yeah. And uh, did anybody see, uh, and, and I don't know what he really said, but there's, I guess it was like a very big trending thing over the weekend on Twitter. Uh, it had Biden saying uh, something, uh, as re- and something like he wiped his ass. Did anybody see that? Yeah, I heard that yeah. today. What? 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 what was that? They were talking about. It, it, it was one. Of, it was. It was Joe Babble. <laughs> Joe Babble. Okay. It was 
It was Joe. It was Joe. I just coined that. Maybe Trump will use that. Joe Babel. But it was Joe Babel. That's all it was. Oh my he, God. He was in the middle. He was in the middle of something. He said, well, maybe they'll wipe my ass. And everybody just, everybody just sort of stopped. It was, you know, but it was Joe Babel. That's what that was. I'm sorry. I had, I had, I I had to bring it up because I did see the video of it. I mean, he's boarding a helicopter or something like that. And I, it really sounds like he said I, he wiped yeah. his ass. I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, yeah. um, and I just saw a video over the weekend about Joe Biden. He was asked a, a question about by, by a reporter, and, and he clapped back with a, a, a Republican-related question to this reporter when this reporter asked a Democrat-related question. And I mean, you can't make this shit up. I'm telling you, I know the former, uh, the former, I don't know, doctor of the White House. He, he recently came out a couple of days ago and said that there's no way in hell that uh, Joe Biden's going to be able to basically uh, serve out his entire term uh, yeah, under yeah. his current conditions. But we'll see what happens. Well, and he, that Dr. Jackson's saying it's a it's a national security issue because he's so yeah. uh, mentally compromised, and that he'll probably be taken out, um, you know, with the 25th probably in the next year or so. So that will be very interesting to see that. That it will. And we'll see, uh, we'll see what we have in store next. Um, I did want to get back to you, uh, Ray, in regards to uh, the RNC and DNC bylaws. um, Mm -hmm. And basically uh, on the campaign contributions where incumbents are basically getting priority and uh, what's going on with that. Yeah. So how that, how that works is when you, you, you give to the, um, you know, the, the Republican Senatorial Committee or the Congressional Committee, um, those contributions have to go to the incumbent. That's the way the bylaws work. So when you have a situation where we've got, you know, 10 Republican House members and, and one and one Senate and one Senator uh, Murkowski, um, who they you know, who they want a primary challenge, contributions have gone. will have to go to them. So Trump has set up a pack and I and I. Get the name of it. I, th- I think it's the Win America Pack or something. Um, but that pack is going to basically will be uh, money that will go after in primary challenge. You know, the Liz Cheney's of the world, the um, <clears throat> Lisa Adam Murkowski. Kinzinger's. Kinzinger, exactly. Yep. Gotcha. And uh, how how is that affecting uh, anything? As far as I mean, is there transparency uh, with all that? As far as who's getting uh, donations and where it's going and all that, or is there any issues well, with that that you see? Really, because what happens is when they when they do the fundraising for both of those, um, you know, they don't really tell you that. So if you're you've got to be careful because if so, if you're in Alaska and you're contributing to that, and you don't want that money to go to Lisa Murkowski, well, it's going to go to Lisa Murkowski. Or if you in Wyoming and you give to the congressional house one, that's going to go to Liz Cheney, um, even though you may be supporting one of the primary challengers. So, um, you know, it's the job of the Cong, you know, that the Congress spends, you know, especially the house side, they spend one year legislating and then one year making phone calls and raising money. So we're about to go into that phase, um, in 2022, where they're going to be campaigning, raising money and all of that. So there's, you know, the, the, the job of the, you know, the congressional committee, you know, is to, is to raise money, be that political muscle. So they're not going to really specify, okay, well, you know what, um, these candidates here are being primary challenged and so forth. So it's, it's incumbent for people to do their own homework when they're given money. Gotcha. So that's uh, very important to make sure that, uh, if you are going to be giving, uh, money, uh, to, you know, these packs, 
uh, you, you might want to uh, think, uh, you know, maybe think, uh, think twice before doing that. If you uh, are looking to, you know, give that money to a specific candidate or not, is that what you're telling me there? Uh, Ray? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think um, definitely check out the, um, you know, the Trump website and everything and the, the America first pack and America yes. first Trump's pack will also have information regarding right. the other pack they've set up for that. So, so I'm not too sure that many Americans are going to want to give their money to uh, Liz Cheney and her, uh, her no. campaigns well, and stuff like she, that. She, she's, she's done and she's what's going to happen to her is she's going to get money from some sort of billionaire or something that will help her create a neocon think tank. And then she'll be making, she'll be making tons of money doing that, recommending us that we get into all sorts of wars. So that's kind of what's on the horizon. It's a very, you know, she, she was very disappointing because I had a lot of hope for her um, because I did like, Liz Cheney, but you know the the real story with her. What happened is that the Republican establishment went to her and they said, "Hey, you know what? If you go, if you go and um, you know vote for impeachment, you're going to have like a hundred. You'll have a hundred House members join you, and you'll be you could be Speaker and all this." So she bought into it, and then only ten came over, and it completely backfired on her, and it's destroyed her career. Um, she's you know she she won't be reelected she's not gonna she's probably not gonna make the general election she'll be primary challenged so gotcha. well she also decided to be a big a primary um uh, antagonist to trump right you know and so mm-hmm. the 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 republican party has become the party of trump and i hate to tell these republican elites that um that this has happened but you know maybe oh. is too big to to really get that but She's made it a crusade to to really preach against him, and that is also what's backfired on her. Um, she doesn't realize that uh, the Republican Party is the party of the people. You know, it used to be the Democrat Party; it's not anymore. Um, but she has really, really um, caused some enemies with conservatives, everyday conservatives around the country, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's it's getting to be that time of year where um, all these congressmen and women and all that, uh, it's their favorite time of year to uh, raise money for their campaigns. Uh, You know, speaking with one former Mm -hmm. uh, congressman myself on a personal level, you know, he was all about, hey, that's what our job is. It's not to uh, make laws and all that. It's all about making uh, money for our parties. That's about it. So. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy the Big amount of, of emails because I like to get emails from the, the uh, you know even from people like Pelosi and stuff like that. I think it's always good. It's always good to uh, see what your uh, <laughs> your opponents are, are doing and trying to do. And it's oh am- yeah, it's amazing yeah. how many how many emails every single day I get from uh, the Democrats. Oh, three dollars here, five dollars here. T- I mean, my mm-hmm. God, if I if I made as much money as they they're making, oh, I wouldn't have to go to work every day. <laughs> I know, exactly. I know. It's unbelievable. Anyways, um, kind of transition over to uh, what's happening here in California. I know uh, a lot of you guys are familiar, especially uh, Arch, uh, excuse me, Ray, uh, with yep. the, the recall of Governor Newsom. Uh, you know, last late last week, uh, Mr. Elder was not going to be uh, put on the ballot. I don't yep. know if there was a, a little bit of conspiracy going on there with the Secretary of State. Or not, because obviously mm-hmm. he's like the main front runner right now on the Republican mm-hmm. side re- to replace Governor Newsom. Um, but earlier this week, obviously, uh, a judge ruled uh, that, hey, those rules don't apply to recall elections. In addition, he's kind of supplied everything uh, that's necessary. Um, mm-hmm. 
my I, I earlier before the show I had asked uh, Ray about you know do you think uh, it's too late have too many Californians moved out of California to recall this governor or is there still a shot? Yeah, I think there's definitely I think there's definitely a shot. I think with prior to Larry Elder, the unfortunately the Republican slate was really unremarkable. Um, you know, Mayor former Mayor Falconer really wasn't doing anything um, energizing people. Kate, Caitlin Jenner is made a Probably the biggest mistake you can make in politics is that she went out to the grassroots and had this big, big send off. And then she went ahead and then, um, you know, left. The, she, she leaves this, the country. And that's so she's kind of out of it because she's not she's not being taken seriously anymore. And there's a few other candidates. Nobody, nobody was really polling in the double digits. But then along comes Larry Elder and he's polling at 21 percent of the Republicans mm-hmm. and a matchup. Um, there was a polling, um, a matchup between him and um, Newsom. He was winning. And some interesting things about Newsom is so 48, 48% of the, um, you know, of California voters don't want him to be recalled. He's under 50, 43% do. But what's very interesting is when you talk about, okay, what if he survives the recall and then the next year in 2022 goes up for reelection? What the numbers look like, and only 43% believe he should be um, reelected. That deserves a second term. So he's got some big, big. He's got some big problems. So I'm more optimistic now. I think Larry has been able to energize the, um, you know, the race in a way that the other candidates couldn't. And the other thing too is that he had, he does have a way of talking to the black community. And you know, his buddy there, Leo Terrell, um, you know, they'll be working that whole uh, that whole angle. And I, and I think you'll have a a decent, you know, turnout of the black vote. I, and I think it, I think it's definitely possible that Larry Elder could pull up. I think he's the only person that can. And, and I, and I hope that Larry, if Larry is not successful, I hope he runs again in 2022. Um, because I think he, if he doesn't get him this time, he'll, he'll get him the next. Yeah. Peter, uh, did you have a, we'll go to Peter next. Uh, Peter, welcome to the show. I know uh, we've been having uh, back and forth, uh, with you on the show. Are you there? I am here. It helps when you pay your uh, AT&T bill. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to have to get that uh, Elon Musk uh, satellite internet or something. I don't know. Uh, I'd rather just have his money. <laughs> right. <laughs> so on the recall election, uh, you know, is there any uh, thoughts uh, that I might get to embrace like, what comes September 14th? On the recall, I'm, I'm not really sure. I haven't been following that for uh, um, for California, I know here in Georgia, starting to see uh, uh, candidate signs popping up on lawns for governor. And I know my uh, state rep or something is going on with her that there are signs and mailings going out. So I'm, I, it's kind of weird that uh, there's campaigning either going on already for 22. Um, or there's something else going on with uh, the re- uh, the uh, if the audit comes here to Georgia. Gotcha. And uh, as far as the California recall is concerned, uh, Larry, mind you, he is a, a master when it comes to debating. And if he were to face Governor Newsom, which the only way Governor Newsom is going to face him in a debate is if Newsom is really bad in the polls. 
Otherwise, he's going to avoid Larry Elder like the plague because this man cannot, I mean, when it comes to uh, an actual debate, Elder cannot be beat by anyone. I have yet to find anyone who could beat him. And at the same time, as far as uh, recall elections are concerned, one thing that has to be touched on too as well, there are about 50 recall elections for school board positions going on right now. And that's oh, yeah. largely because of CRT. Where, and do we know where Larry stands uh, with on CRT? Oh, he hates it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. That's good. Yeah. And um, Arch, what about you? What are your feelings on uh, what's going on in California? You know, I am um, like Peter. I don't, I'm in Georgia, of course. And, but uh, I do, you know, Larry Elder, uh, I've followed him over the years and he definitely debate, debate wise. He's, you know, he's been in media, you know, I mean, once you, when you've been in media, uh, it's very easy or it makes it a lot easier to speak and to, to handle debate situations. So I think he's a great uh, candidate. Um, and it's, it's been very, it's very interesting to watch, you know, California is such a strange, well, you know, it's a liberal state, but you know, even the Republicans are strange there. <laughs> I think in the yeah. past, uh, you know, they're not the same Republicans that you have in uh, the Southeast um, or even the Northeast, but um, they're kind of their own entity, but I really like him. And I, I think it's going to be very interesting watching this rate, watching this over the next few months. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, they can't, they can't throw the race card at him. You know, I mean, that's what, that's what Democrats do today. Um, yeah, they definitely, know, they definitely, say, they, I hate having to say that. I hate that I actually have to say that he's black, but that's what we have to do with Democrats today. We have to fight um, and take away that, that, ridiculous uh tactic that they use of calling the race card about everything well yeah i mean if 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 they're going to use it uh to their advantage in certain situations why can't we right i mean absolutely what's what's good for the goose is good for the gander Mm -hmm. right well you know and trump and trump has been very vocal about about fighting fire with fire that's it. Because these wusses for for these rhino wusses <laughs> that we have, you know, in Congress, and he's, you know, he put out a few, and I, you know, he put out a few statements tonight saying, get get some kahunas, kahunas, guys. Yeah, they have Cajone. no kahunas. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you know, well uh, Arch, to 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 add to, and also guys, to add to something that you touched on about a minute ago. And that is, is that I've had friends who have knocked on doors for Trump in other states um, and really uh, Republican delegations from various states could actually tell which ones are from California because we're yeah. the most lively. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I know we had a, a comment uh, over on uh, one of our platforms. Basically, uh, we had made mention of uh, Jenner leaving the United States. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently, she had a prior commitment. And um, yeah. opinions, as far as do you, do you think? Don't you think that might show that she sh- shows her ability to honor commitments uh, in in honoring her word, her word? Uh, and maybe it's not about abandoning her campaign. Well, Jenner came, Jenner came out as being um, being in favor of open borders as well as pro amnesty for me. That's just mm-hmm. that's a big no no, and I mean that's just a big turnoff. Yeah, no, I and, agree with that. And uh-huh. I and and also, like I said, I have um, 
or a mutual friend of ours who uh, is, is the head of the San Diego Republican Party, uh, not the San Diego Lock Cabin uh, organization, excuse me, her name is Gina, and um, who had Caitlyn Jenner in, you know, he, she posted it on her Facebook page, and I went ahead and went like this, and she was a little surprised. And I told her why, you know, that's for sure. You know, right. Because, <laughs> yeah. No. Well, and what, one thing is certain about like a lot of these rhino, never Trump Republicans is that their ultimate downfall is going to be their complacency and apathy because yeah. um, that they just don't seem to want to adapt and, and they don't want right. to fight, fight back. And then I remember back in November when y'all first came on and, and, and Jim made an excellent point that, um, you know, he, in, he inspired like your Charlie Kirks and your Candace Owenses and even names like your Marjorie Taylor Greens and your Lauren right. Boberts and your Josh Hawley's to, to, to fight like they mean it. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but if you look at your Mitch McConnell's and your Mitt Romney's, your Liz Cheney's and your Adam Kinzinger's, you know, they, they want to go sit in the corner and cry their little eyeballs out like, but I can't do it. Um, yes, you can. You, you just have to believe in yourself as yeah. always what we were taught growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I mean, McConnell had some fight in him, you know, when he, uh, when Obama lost his midterm elections. And, but still, you know, that only lasted for a little while. I mean, I mean, what happened to the McConnell that we, the whoop ass McConnell that, you know, that he displayed? What happened to that? Yeah. I have, I have no idea what you, you haven't heard hardly a word from uh, McConnell uh, in the last, what, five, six months, really, to be honest with you. Uh, Jim, Other than telling tell everyone to get vaccinated. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Jim. Uh, you wanted to share something. So, so what Trump has done with the Republican Party, and it's, he's done it with the young part of the Republican Party. He's teaching yeah. the Republicans how to fight. He's teaching. When I was a kid, I got bullied, and my father said, "What you do is you go up to the bully, and when he bullies you, you punch him right in the nose." Trump is teaching these Republicans how to punch the bully in the nose. Mm-hmm. The, the turtle yes. isn't going to do anything for us. McConnell's not going to, the only purpose McConnell served was to get judges through. Other than that, he's as, as establishment as they come. But so he was the, the young Republicans mm-hmm. that are remaking this party. And, and that's where, and as I tell people, we're, Trump is our George Washington. Mm-hmm. And we're in a battle. We're in a 50 year battle. It took 50 years to get where we are today with this whole socialism taking over. It's going to take 30 to 50 years to get our country back on an even keel. Trump is just our mm-hmm. George Washington. And there's going to be more generals after Trump. And that's, we have to keep fighting for the next 30 years to right this yeah. ship. Oh, I would say Trump is, a, I, would, I would say Trump is our patent, actually. Mm-hmm. I yeah. definitely would say uh, Trump, Trump is one of the, however you want to say it. Trump is one of the few politicians that, uh, in the past century that have had actual cojones uh, and is willing yeah. to speak mm-hmm. what's on his mind, regardless if people hate hate him for it or, or love him for it. Uh, that's always been my biggest thing about the guy that I love is that no matter what, you might get offended, you might get upset, you might shed a tear, but you know what? At least he's got the balls to tell you what's on his mind, and uh, that's exactly. that's one thing that I think. America is missing a lot of, but uh, we're going to take a short time out. When we come back, right? I want to get to what the hell's been going on with governors across this country and uh, mandates on vaccines, what you guys think about it, and uh, we'll get your thoughts right after the, we take a short break. You're listening to The Slightly Serious Show 
on a Monday. You've been listening to the Slightly Serious Podcast. If you haven't laughed, been offended, or engaged, then turn up the damn volume. Be sure to follow and catch us weeknights at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. All right. Welcome back. And right. uh, earlier today, I, I know I don't know a lot of what happened in New York. I know Cuomo had come out and said a few things and whatnot. But the governor of California, Mr. Gavin Newsom, my favorite guy of the entire world. <laughs> I got yeah, right. I, we call I got a, Governor Newsom around here. I got a ticket because of this sob. But anyways, um, so he's coming out today, and he ma- he's making a mandate in California that all all state employees and healthcare uh, employees must be vaccinated. Now there is a caveat uh, that you know if they choose not to because of religious beliefs or something other than that, that they can be tested, I think, two to three times a week to make sure that they're COVID-free. But it it sounds to me like now we have government officials, kind of like with Facebook, right? You have uh, extensions of the government going to social media. Now you have extensions of the government going into the private sector doing their dirty work for them. Mm -hmm. At what point do we say, uh, do uh, the judges in this country say, hey, you need to, like, Knock it off. I mean, yeah. I, I had brought up a situation um, last week to where, you know, a person that and we're not here to tell anybody whether they should go get a COVID vaccine or COVID shot at all. Uh, to, for us, we have always said on this show, you do your research, you talk to your, your, your doctors and stuff like that, get all the information that you can get your hands on and make the best decision for you and your family, because at the end of the day. The health of you and your family is your responsibility and not the, of the government's. But my question goes like this, is that if they're going to be mandating healthcare workers and state employees to get vaccinated, what happens, what happens when someone goes ahead and gets vaccinated and later on develops issues, if not, you mm-hmm. know, God forbid, death? Uh, who's going to take care of that medical bill? Because I know that there are insurance companies all across the country right now. There have been already been cases to where they are saying uh, the bill is on you because you signed your name to a clinical trial. And we are not responsible for anything, any ramifications of that. Right. And yeah. at what point does the government take responsibility for that? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good point. You know, the other thing, too, is that now we're going to have. You're, they're already talking about booster shots and everything like that. So, so now you make everybody get two, you know, one or two, whatever the, the type of vaccination you get. Then, then are we going to start mandating, you know, annual booster shots, six month booster shots? You know, th- there's no end to it, and that's what that's what really concerns me. Is you know, um, and what about the people who have, who like myself, who've had COVID and survived it, and I, you know, I was exposed to it when my partner got it months after I got. It, I didn't get it again. Um, so I have, I have a natural immunity to it. You know, you know, you know, your T cells are only one part of it. You know, there's also memory cells. There's also, you know, there's bone marrow. There's a whole bunch of things. So, you know, being immune to a disease and having immunity is very, 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 very complex. It's not just about antibodies. And you know, the Cleveland clinics come out and said, you know, if you had COVID, there's no benefit for you being vaccinated. And I think the people that have had the problems with the vaccination, 
is because they're one people who have had COVID too too recent and your body gets overloaded with all these antibodies. So are we heading down a path where not only um, are people are more and more people are going to if they're having booster shot after booster shot are they going to be having problems? So it's very very concerning. Yeah, that it, it is very concerning, and I I just don't I don't know you know whatever happened to the fact of my body my choice i I recall like a few years back there was something like that going on with women right but that's only that's only that's only when you're wanting to kill babies that's that only that's for only for that you got to remember that oh okay gotcha just that's only when you want to uh reduce population you know correct correct (laughs) gotcha okay just just i just have to be reminded about that sometimes Mm-hmm. Um, but do you think, uh, do you think at, at one point or another prior to FDA, what I'm worried about most right now is that the FDA is going to go ahead and try to put a fast track on approving these as vaccinations. I'm very concerned mm-hmm. that they're just going to overlook that 6,000 people have died who have received the vaccinations and go mm-hmm. ahead and say, Oh, yep, everything's fine here. Nothing to see here. That's concerning to me because at the, in the same breath, if the USDA had a uh, meat manufacturer out there distributing meat that killed even 2,000 people, that shit would be off the market like this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Does anybody have any fears that the FDA, that FDA is going to go ahead and kind of like brush all of this under the rug? Probably. There's a lot of pressure well, for, for them as to long do as so. It's going to happen. I mean, the F, they're, the, it's going to happen. They're going to push it under the rug. And I've never seen something so politicized, too. You know, we've had we had SARS, you know what? We had swine flu, mm-hmm. bird flu. I've never seen something so politicized. So that being said, you know, they this absolutely could happen. Politics has infiltrated every kind of agent, every government agency, and if you don't think it's infiltrated the CDC, then you're living under a rock. Mm-hmm. So this is a, this is a stat that will really show you how this has been politicized. The average age of COVID death is 80 years old, which is at or above life expectancy in every state in this country and most countries around the world. Wow! Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's everything right there. Yeah, I think so too. And the the other thing about it is. Uh, with, with as we know, once FDA gives their stamp of approval, you know damn well as soon as that happens within a week. Mark my words, within a week, the federal government's going to mandate this for every American. You watch, and what, right, do, you, and what do you think the uh, what, what what's going to happen then? Do you think the American people will bow down to it like they have uh, with mass mandates all across the country over the past year? Are they just going to just give up and give in? Hard to say. I don't know. I don't don't think so. I I don't think I've seen a lot of people, um, especially on this on this topic of getting vaccinated. People are very, you know, they're you have your anti-vaxxers. My sister is actually one. Uh, I was one of those that, you know, I'm one of those that believes that you should make informed decisions with your doctor. And if you get it, then that's fine. But if you don't want to get it, that needs to be fine as well. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say. It's, um, well, I can see 
more challenges happening over uh, mandated vaccination towards private individuals uh, for the most part. Also, mind you, uh, child immunizations are not mandated by law. Have you noticed that? When they, for, to, to, for them to uh, go to school, you're, you're talking about, correct? That's right. They're not mandated by law, but school, I mean, schools can require a child to be, you know, to be immunized. But that's, but that's on the district the themselves. That's not a federal law. Yeah, it's not law itself. Mm-hmm. Well, we, like over the years, we've even had like the debate of whether or not like the vaccines, you know, are believed to have like, you know, caused young kids to develop autism, which and and we, we've seen a lot of autism ca- cases and but I don't know whether um, any you know evidence has you know shown up pr- proving that to be the case or if it's just a hoax. Um, and and I know like touching on the the pandemic. Um, and I know it's at some some point or another we we have known people personally who have had it and beat it, and and then some who have probably had it and sadly died from the complications. Um, like I even had an aunt that that had it and and she beat it then. And then I go, used to go to trivia on Tuesday nights, but that's been kind of on hiatus because the like the, the married couple who did it, the the wife, you know, got it, she beat it, but the husband sadly succumbed to complications because he was a diabetic and you know he had like weight issues to where he also had degenerative like disc disease and um and then he was also on the ventilator, but what but I think it's not really just the, the virus killing them, but it's like the underlying conditions and then and those on the vent developing pneumonia. Jim, do do you do you see that the federal government will try to mandate it once the uh, FDA has given its approval of these vaccinations? I think there will be an attempt, but I'm I just want to give some statistics that I heard today. That take the city of New York, eight million people. Out of the city of New York, seventy percent of the Asian population has been vaccinated. 43% of the white Caucasian population has been vaccinated. 40% of the Hispanic population has been vaccinated. 30% of the black population has been vaccinated. They're trying to make this an issue that it's the, the Trump Republican white population that's not being vaccinated. It's not true. Wow. The most, the most suspect people are the minorities, and that's, that's what the, it's like. Everything else the Democrats do, they're not telling the truth. I got vaccinated. I made the choice to get vaccinated. I had COVID. I had COVID pneumonia. I had complications. I had to have heart surgery because of my complications. I chose to get vaccinated because of. The hospital have my and my surgery, right? But that was my decision. But the we we are allowing, and people have to get the facts of who is suspect about the vaccinations. It's not the white conservative Trump Republicans. It's the it's the minority community that does not want to get the vaccinations. And it, I was listening to another thing. What it, you got to give me a second on this. For the last year, the minority community has been told that the white man, white police officer, wants to club them and kill them every chance they get they want to shoot them. That the white man is trying to hold them down at every level. 
that everybody is prejudiced against the black and brown community. And now you want the black and brown community to turn around and get a vaccine that was developed by the white man. You know, people aren't stupid. They, they, mm-hmm. they are listening to what their own people have told them. Yeah. And there's a problem exactly. that with the vaccine with people not getting vaccinated, but it's not amongst the community that, that they're saying. I know more older white people that have been vaccinated than I do. And I live in a majority minority city than minorities have. Yeah. That's an interesting point. Uh, and the statistics are pretty staggering. I, I wouldn't, uh, you know, I, I was not aware that uh, it's that big of a uh, spread and, between them. And, um, and I got those, just so people know, I got those statistics today from the Clay, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show. Okay. So those are my statistics. And I specifically wrote them down when they were talking about them. But those are this, those are the statistics they had. I guess over in uh, our, a friend of ours over in Alabama says that, that uh, their county is 80% white and has a 25% vaccination rate. Mm. Wow. And, wow. And here's, here's the other thing that I don't understand, and maybe you can spread some light on this. Why is it, for all of those that have been vaccinated, right, why are they so hard-pressed? Why are they so worried about unvaccinated people? You've got your vaccination. There's nothing for you to worry about, is there? Right. Not as far as I'm concerned. I mean, shouldn't the only people be worried about not getting vaccinated or the unvaccinated? Exactly. I, I don't. I don't understand it. I, I really don't. And uh, I the read one it. thing. The one thing I will agree with the the Democrats, and I'm not going to. the The problem is it's the unvaccinated. It's a pandemic amongst the unvaccinated, but it's their decision not to get vaccinated. Right, and I think they're going to—they're coming uh, to a, another issue because now you're starting to see. I know uh, last week or so, uh, hospitals in the United Kingdom were reporting that 60% of the patients that were coming in are testing positive for COVID-19, and that 60% has already been vaccinated. Yeah. Correct. So, yeah. aren't you going to struggle even more now for people that have not been vaccinated, hearing about these stories of vaccinated people? Contracting COVID nineteen, they'll be like, and "Well, it, what the hell is the point of me getting a shot right. that's supposed to keep exactly. me away from contracting COVID nineteen when I don't know what's in it, what, how it's going to change my DNA, and I still, I'm still being going to be posed to being exposed to COVID nineteen? I think I'll pass." What's happening in the UK? Sorry, what's happening in the UK is exposing the real truth of COVID that that virus. And it's most likely engineered, finds the weakness in people. So even if you're vaccinated and you have health issues, it's going to find your weaknesses at some point and come back and hospitalize you. That's the, the that's the real problem. And it, so there's a population of people that are really vulnerable that should be probably staying quarantined until this is under control. Because I don't know. And so it's looking like a vaccine is not going to be able to protect these people who are very, very compromised and vulnerable. So that's just my two cents. You know, also a problem, um, another big problem is, you know, when we start, when we start hearing all this truth you all are putting out tonight on statistics, 
um, and on now these new all these cases of hospitalizations of people that were already vaccinated. Another big problem, a huge problem, is that you're only going to hear about this or see it on conservative media sites. Uh, you are not going to see it on NBC News tonight. Uh, for the first time, I've watched. I, I got rid of cable. I got rid of TV several years ago, uh, and I happened to watch just a, a newscast on NBC Network uh, the other night, and I was just—it was just shocking to me how they prioritize how they prioritized their stories and how they led the stories in a way that was so misleading and so, you know, pushing an agenda. Uh, And, you know, a lot of times they're forced to cover these stories, the the mainstream media, but they're going to bury them. You know, these these reports coming out of vaccinated people even dying or being hospitalized, they're going to push those stories as far down on the on the um, newscast as possible. Um, and that's the, that's the crying shame. Well, uh, the other crying shame is, you know, with with the, the government officials working with social media to who's so who's going to be the one that determines what is uh, what's going to be censored? Because I know for a fact that YouTube, we've spoke nothing but truth on the show. And for us, even, you know, they'll probably even block our show because we, we've been saying how people have died after getting the COVID-19 vaccine. Yeah. Right. But they're going to um, silence and suppress that information because they're going to say, oh, that's misinformation. Bullshit it is. Mm-hmm. Well, 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 this is the same YouTube. What was that, Jim? Sorry. It's misinformation as far as they're concerned. Right. It's I, mis- I think the biggest thing... The biggest thing that we've seen with this this whole virus issue, and and Rand Paul deserves credit. He exposed Dr. Fauci as being a liar and lying to Congress. This this virus was genetically engineered in a laboratory, and viruses are made to mutate. Every year you get a flu shot. A year and a half before you get that flu shot, a bunch of scientists sit around and say, okay, we believe in a year and a half that this strain of the virus, based upon what we know, is going to be the the flu, because the flu is a virus, that people are going to get. We need to make a, a vaccine or a flu shot for this strain of the virus. Well, what happens is from the time they make that decision to the time that the flu actually starts to hit, that the virus starts to hit, it mutates. And this virus will mutate. We will never, probably in our lifetime, be rid of COVID. I've done enough reading. I've been through a lot over the last yeah. year with this. Well, it's just like... I, and we've... It's just like the flu, right, Jim? It's just going to continue yeah. to mutate to something different. And uh, instead of exactly. there being instead of there being the influenza shot every year, there's going to be a COVID shot every year. Right. It's you're, going to transition going to, from the flu to this. You're going to be eligible for, if you want, a flu shot and a COVID shot, a COVID booster. I don't think, and especially if the, the Republicans take control of the House and the Senate in 2022, that they're going to be able to have mandates 
on on uh, COVID shots because there will be there will be uprisings in the country. I think you're going to see an epic election, and they, there will be big big uprisings as far as mandating COVID shots. Yeah, I think you're right. And, uh, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, gosh, if, if it's not too late, maybe now is the time to invest in pharmaceutical companies because they're getting damn rich. Like I heard, mm-hmm. what, eight, eight new billion dollar uh, companies uh, because of this vaccine, uh, because of COVID-19. Getting rich, James. <laughs> well, you know, getting <laughs> rich, getting richer by the minute. Richer. There you go. Yeah, richer by the minute. And, uh, I, I mm-hmm. also heard a blurb earlier today that, uh, you know, the Chinese government, you know, they have their own vaccines, which are, from what I hear, like, eh, 20% as effective as what we have here in the United States. They're trying to negotiate with uh, the Biden administration to, hey, uh, Biden, why don't you hand over what you guys got going on over there? Now, mm-hmm. in the back of my mind, I'm thinking that's probably not a good fucking idea because what do you, are you going to use it for your people? Or are you going to try to use it to engineer Something that's going to kill us even worse. That's or they're going to engineer it to make an, to copy it and sell it to the rest of the world and make money. Yeah. What the what the the biggest the biggest fraud that happened with this was the pharmaceutical countries. Doctor Jonas Salk, I believe, developed the polio vaccine. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that he never did. Was patent the polio vaccine? Really? Because he said he, Doctor Jonas Salk, never patented the polio vaccine because he said he did not want to make money from the vaccine. He wanted to save lives from it. Well, that's that's what it should be all I, about. I believe. Yeah. Um, I believe his exact words were, "This belongs to humanity." Um, you know, and I'm yeah. also the belief. You know, you're you're not going to be be hearing much about cancer deaths or HIV AIDS deaths or any other deadly diseases that's known to kill people. And I'm, and I'm also of that belief that they probably already have the cure for that. And if they were to release the cure, um, you, you could bet the pharmaceutical companies would either be going out of business or they've got to manufacture new, new diseases that, that are designed to infect and could potentially kill people. Yeah. Okay. Okay. By the way, there, okay. Now if we have these so-called, uh, mutations that are going. Mm-hmm. Second of all, the reason why uh, COVID-19 uh, instills so much fear is because of the high death count. And the reason why is because there were several Democratic governors that ordered nursing homes to take in COVID-positive patients, causing a lot of deaths among our elderly. Uh, governors get away with it or not? I really don't know. So that's why, you know, when we heard of the Delta variant, uh, it didn't scare people because, you know, where's the deaths? Uh, we, and we heard about these new ones because we're going to be hearing about new uh, uh, viruses. But whether or not they scare depends on how many people die from it and how fast they die from it. And mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't see governors actually, you know, do, repeating, uh, the, uh, you know, uh, ordering, you know, uh, deadly infected people into nursing homes again. Uh, but I could be wrong about that. And second of all, we talk about cures. We had the cure to COVID all along. It was hydroxychloroquine. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, it's so cheap that, you know, the pharmaceuticals wouldn't make much money out of it. Yeah, that's, that's, I think, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and 
Say that one more time, Jim. Hydroxychloroquine is a generic drug. Right. And, you know, speaking of misinformation and all that, is it, why, why hasn't that, I mean, there's been plenty of studies that have been done that have proven that, I don't know whether it be the governments or the medical officials, but they've, they overdose these people intentionally, it seems like, to get the results yes, they that did. they wanted. And that was, you know, yeah. death and some very ill, ill, you know, a lot. These people got really, really sick. But where's That's where's been, the real information I mean, on that? Why isn't the media covering well, that? I just having personally been affected by COVID, and and I was twelve to twenty four hours away from a ventilator. Hmm. The thing that saved my life was Regeneron. We have the pharmaceuticals to cure people. I was cured of COVID. And it was because of Regeneron. It was because of what Donald Trump got. We have the cure. It's there. We don't have to have this hysteria. And, and people, exactly. people are allowing, not people, I just check, I check every day, just out of curiosity, the Massachusetts website, as far as COVID cases and deaths, Massachusetts has not updated the COVID cases or deaths. It's zero, it's at zero deaths since the 23rd. It's not a deadly disease, thankfully, anymore. And uh, I know a, a good friend of ours uh, that joins us every evening, his name is Pertwee, his wife had contracted COVID and was about 15 minutes away from being put on a ventilator, and uh, they gave her yep. remdesivir. And uh, that's pretty much what saved Remdes her from having to go. They're both the same thing, by the way. Remdesivir and Regeneron, they're the same medications, just two different companies. Yeah. And so, and mm -hmm. and why why is the media that corrupt? Is they that in with the government that we can't get real information out anymore? I mean, because I, I'm going to throw I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to throw to Ray on this, and I'm just going to say Ray WCVB Boston Channel Five. Yeah, WC COVID BC. Yeah, but that but the problem is is that. There's no strategy from the CDC that so if you get if you get COVID, you either you either you either get it, you get a test. And if you're not really bad or symptomatic, you're sent home to suffer it out and you're told to quarantine for two weeks. But if you're really then if you're really sick, obviously, then you end up on a ventilator or you could or now they give you some medication. But we don't there's no strategy to to treat COVID. And that comes from the CDC. So the CDC, like I said before. They have no guidance on people who have had COVID and, you know, about needing to have a vaccine. It's just, no, everybody's having a vaccine. Um, if, you, if you have COVID, you have to stay home or you have to go to the hospital if you're too sick. So there's nothing for this in between. So there's no guidance. So we need guidance for, okay, if you have COVID, you survive COVID, um, maybe you don't need to be vaccinated. Or if you're, if you're sick, why aren't we treating it? Why are we using hydrochloroquine? Why aren't we using... Regeneron. Why aren't we? Well, why isn't there? There's the, and that's the thing. Even the hospital at the hospital level, there's no manuals. There's no like. There, there's no course of treatment or anything for people that have COVID. They just wait until you get too too serious, and then you're and then you're sick. You're sick rather than dealing with you know people who are um, you know you could you could kind of head this off. That's where this needs to go. You know, there's the other thing that needs to go is that they they, they got to level with people. That okay, they need to chart out 
what medical impairments are, are people the most susceptible to have the, the worst disease or death? And I think the reason why they don't do that is because if they chart all that out, people will come to the conclusion really quick, well, that's a pretty smart virus that, that attacks the weakness of basically uh, of, of somebody. So it's probably genetically engineered, so they don't want to do that. So that's the other problem uh, there. So they, they, that's the one thing they need to do is they really need to level people say, hey, you know what? If you're overweight, type 2 diabetes or whatever it is, you're at this much of a risk factor. These how many people that end up in the hospital or die or something like that. And then the other thing they need to do is they need to have a plan to treat people that have COVID, not wait. So not sending asymptomatic people home to wait it out or wait, telling you to wait until you get sick enough, then come back to the hospital. It's, we got to have a whole change strategy. Yeah, no, I agree with that. What the government is not doing in my, in, is that the majority of the people that end up on ventilators, and I, like I said, I know more about COVID than I want to know about. People that end up on ventilators have what's called COVID pneumonia. And pneumonia that people get in, is a dark coloring on your lungs. It's, it's an infection in your lungs. COVID pneumonia presents as a glassy substance in your lungs. And it basically chokes your lungs. What's happening is these people that are dying from COVID on ventilators have COVID pneumonia. And they're not telling people about COVID pneumonia. And I only found out about it because I had COVID pneumonia. But people are in there on ventilators because of pneumonia, which is COVID pneumonia. It's not people aren't ending up on ventilators because of COVID. They're ending up on ventilators because of the pneumonia brought on by COVID. Well, I'll tell you one thing. One of the, uh, in my opinion, uh, a lot of the doctors in our country, I mean, things are going downhill. I, I over the past couple of weeks, I've been dealing with a, a few issues in my lymph nodes, and I went to the doctor, went to urgent care to get checked out. You know, just you know, make sure everything's okay and whatnot. And you know, he checks me all the, my vitals. Everything looks fine. Looks at my throat. Oh, it's a little red. Looks at my ear. You know what the fucking idiot says? He says, "Looks like you have a hole in there." Really? <laughs> Unfucking! Oh my unbelievable. god! <laughs> and so, yeah, he said, uh, "Yeah, take some ibuprofen. Here's some cough drops, and you're on your way. If things get worse, come back in. We'll do a COVID test on you and see what's going on." But yeah, that's you have a hole in your ear. Okay. Anyways, uh, we're going to take our last time out. When we come back, I want to talk uh, very briefly about how some uh, news media people, uh, you know, uh, are playing doctors, saying, uh, trying to influence their listeners or viewers uh, into getting the COVID mm -hmm. vaccine. And uh, we'll finish up on that subject. And I appreciate everyone tuning in tonight. You're listening to The Slightly Serious Show on a Monday. Enjoying yourselves? Then please be sure to follow the show on Podbean and many of the other social media platforms, including Twitter at Slightly Serious, Instagram, and Facebook. Our podcasts are also available to download on many different platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Google Podcasts, and many more. So you all know how influential social media is. Uh, we also know how influential uh, people such as Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson are and all of that. And, you know, over the past week or so, you know, some people were calling out Sean Hannity saying, uh, trying to say that he was trying to get his viewers maybe into, you know, kind of pushing them a little to go out and get vaccinated, saying how it's, it's all right. You should go ahead and uh, give it a try. 
at what point, uh, you know, should, you know, do these personalities, as I would call them, I mean, should they even be given? I mean, I know we tell people to get all the information and make your own informed decision. But, I mean, these people, these people like Sean Hannity, they have a lot of pool. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. are, are the government officials, are they kind of getting to personalities and trying to get them to play doctor? Well, I, I don't think it seems apparent to me. Sean Hannity. I think, uh, you, you have to, you, first of all, you have to look at CNN and Don Lamont mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, that crew. Anderson Cooper and Chris Cuomo. They're mm-hmm. telling you, they're, they're telling you that if you don't get the vaccine, you're going to kill people. So you know, I'm, I'll, I'll put it on. I'll put it on CNN. I'm not going to put it on Hannity. I mean, because he's been he's been steady right along about the vaccine. I listen to him all the time, and yeah. he's been steady right along. He, he hasn't come up with anything new. Mm-hmm. Do, right? Do you think? Do you think uh, that any of these personalities have an obligation to their viewers or listeners, though? I mean, uh, should should even if say say they they are all about getting vaccinated. I mean, does that give yeah. them? Uh, any, they shouldn't. Should it, should it, should should the, be shouldn't the word be no matter what? Whether you're a fan, just like me, if I felt uh, like I think I'm all about the vac- the vaccine, I'm not in any position to be going out and telling any of my viewers or listeners, "Oh my God, you got to go out and get this." Yeah. Well, the only thing that these have a responsibility to is to promote freedom, the freedom of choice. That's right. what it is foremost. Um, because I remember even uh, even uh, Samuel Goldwyn, who was a studio head back in the day, was actually you know was actually wrote a letter to Hollywood producers about the influence of movies in America. And it is our responsibility to promote what America stands for more than anything else. And back then, what America stood for was the Constitution of the United States and the freedoms that we enjoy, first and foremost. You know, I mm-hmm. think um, it, it is. I think that, that the media, including Sean Hannity, I think they're they've been running with this story. It's been one that's ongoing. It's one that's bringing in viewers, obviously, because it's such a, a hot topic. And I think they may get, you know, maybe even Sean gets sucked into it, you know, uh, given yeah. people advice. But the bottom line is what they should be doing, I don't agree with it. They are not health officials. And the answer to your question, James, is that no, they should be telling you to get with your doctor. You know, I, I sat, I sat I really physical and I sat with my doctor and I said, doctor, put this politics aside, all the hype aside. I want to hear what you, because I trust him, I've been with him for years. I said, I trust what you say. What do you tell me your honest opinion about getting the COVID shot? And that is what these on-air personalities should be doing. Uh, by no means should they be giving health advice. So I don't know. And, and, I don't know how many people. I don't know how many people actually watch John Hannity or listen to John Hannity. But everything you just said, Arch, is what John Hannity has been saying mm-hmm. for the last year. John Hannity has not been pushing. He's been telling his viewers, that's a decision you have to make with your doctor. You have to research. Yes. This, this whole narrative started a week ago when Don Lemon, and I forget who the other one was on CNN, 
started to attack Sean Hannity because Sean had said that people should consult with their doctors about whether or not they should get the vaccine. And that's when this whole thing started. Sean Hannity has been saying for the last, I listen to Sean Hannity. I watch Sean Hannity. He has not been saying to anybody, go get the vaccine. He's been saying, go consult your doctor. Do your research. You decide whether or not you want to get the vaccine. Right. But again, yeah, and you're right, Jim. And I don't watch anymore, like I said. But but um, and I guess so. What I was trying, what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say is that he gets he gets a little sucked into it because he has to re- rebute refute uh, other yeah. media personalities. But yes, I believe mm-hmm. Sean's very free. You know, do you know do what you make your informed decisions. I know Sean is that way. Um, but you know, they have to, they have to refute these things that other networks are saying, uh, constantly. It's a constant. And that's exactly what Hannity has been doing for the last week. He's been rebutting all these other people in the fake, the fake media. Right. Yeah. Uh, I do have, I do have something that a uh, listener, uh, had, uh, sent over, uh, over on the Twitter Twitter. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and read that. This is uh, coming from our friend uh, Jeremy Cummings of the Cummings' Culture Show. And let me uh, bring this up really quickly. And apparently uh, this is this information is, uh, let's see, a post from my cousin that's a nurse that she just posted on Facebook. And uh, I have not read this prior, so bear with me. Uh, the message says, uh, on the post, I've been painting all day. Uh, I, I've been painting all day and have a, had a lot of time to think. So here's my daily thoughts and questions that I've been asking myself. One, why is it that people do not question bringing a family member or yourself to the hospital if they are injured or dying? You literally trust the doctors and nurses with your life, but you don't trust these same people when you tell, when they tell you that you should get a vaccine that could keep you from being there in the first place uh, in the first place. Uh, The answer to the question is you trust our knowledge and experience for saving you, but trust a random person's opinion on the internet over medical professionals when it comes to COVID. Now on that one, I mean, for that first question, I think there's a lot of skepticism, my friend, Jeremy, and this is my own opinion because we don't know what the result of these vaccines are going to be. I mean, they do mess with your DNA. So I think there, I think, Everyone who questions what is going to be the effect, I think, is legitimate because mm-hmm. I don't even think medical professionals know. Um, number two, if anyone is curious, yes, my child will be vaccinated as soon as it becomes available. My choice and hers. As a matter of fact, I had already inquired about her being included in a study earlier this year. The only reason that I did not allow her to follow through was it was a placebo study. She's been through too much this past year for me to put her through all the tests and her and her have not gotten the actual vaccine. Uh, yes, it was originally her idea and the questions about when she could be vaccinated. It's something that would make her safer and ease her mind. So, yes, I'll take her to get it as soon as she's able to. Uh, number three, I saw a post recently about masks causing CO2 levels to go up and being dangerous for your kids. Please refer to any surgeon, gen- uh, any surgeon, or any part of a surgical team that has been wearing masks for entire shifts for years and years, and see how little your little research information holds up. 
Uh, yes, they are uncomfortable. We all hate them. Newsflash, they aren't used to protect you, but to protect others from you. Uh, on that, I go back to the study that I did on the 12-minute uh, show that got pulled from YouTube for, quote-unquote, yeah. misinformation that basically was scientific studies and research how masks are effective for up to about 10% because right. all the small particles still enter through the face mask. Right. Uh, and I'll stand on that. I mean, that's yeah. scientific. Uh, number four, well, which, which brings my next thought. I've also seen comments about, quote, you could save one person and choosing to, quote, protect themselves from the vaccine and mask wearing instead. Um, continues on by saying, oh, boy, that one person may not mean much to you until the one person is your loved one, until it was your parent, spouse, or child that is critically ill. This person has obviously never questioned if they were the one that killed their parent. And, the, and to that, I respond, I think that's where people need to make the decision if they want to go get vaccinated. Uh, once you're vaccinated, you shouldn't have any worries about the people that haven't been vaccinated. I mean, right. if, if you want to trust and believe everything right. that the medical professionals are telling you, there's, there should be of no concern whether your next door neighbor or the person standing directly in front of you in line at the grocery store has been vaccinated because you're safe. You've been vaccinated, right? Right. Um, the last one, why do people think that the medical community is lying to them about how bad it is? I mean, I wouldn't complain if the government decided to start paying me to tell people to get vaccinated. But unfortunately, my bank account tells a different story. Uh, we, we chose a life and career to help others and keep people safe. Why would everyone suddenly think we're all controlled by the government and only doing what they say? I think like a, and my response back to that goes again, uh, we don't know what the ramifications of putting right. this vaccine, vaccine into our body is going to be long term. And I guess, gosh, I guess there's a couple more. Uh, because of my job, was lucky enough to be one of the first in the state fully vaccinated. I still don't have any side effects and not getting any better cell service <laughs> from our cell phone. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Supposedly, the vaccine is supposed to use 5G towers for mind control or something, they said. Uh, why yeah. are people believing the craziest theories but not trusting the medical theory, uh, community? And uh, I'll, I'll, you know, kind of rely on what I've been saying before of the unknown. The vaccine, uh, I promise you, this is the last one. The vaccine, you have trusted these same companies for years with other medications, but not trusting the quote, new vaccine. This vaccine method has been being researched for decades and isn't quote-unquote new. The only reason that it, quote, just came out is because of the availability of pandemic funding. You know, the same funding that the government has put into your bank account over the past year, except on a much larger scale. Well, um, you know, speaking of, you know, this not being a new vaccine, folks, uh, earlier today I heard uh, Dr. Fauci is asking for hundreds of millions of more dollars for NIH and all of that because he wants to uh, he wants to get started on the next 20. You heard me right on the next 20. Pandemics. So apparently they have stuff in store for us. Oh, so, geez. yeah, he wants he wants more money for funding. But, uh, I mean, that's and yet, he, was, and yet he was on the forefront when AIDS was starting, and we still don't have a vaccine for that. So, 
that's I think that's that's a big question on a lot of people's minds. Uh, to yeah. be honest with you, Peter, I mean, we have this pandemic, and bam, right out of nowhere, we have a vaccine. Yeah. yeah. What about cancer? Yeah. What about HIV? What about all the other things that are killing people? Right. Hmm. You know, yeah. and I know, the like reason, when the reason yeah, why you, the reason, yeah, sorry. The reason why I, you I, had I a remember, vaccine. Like, go go ahead, uh, Jim. Go go, Jim. The reason I'm, why I, you had I'll, a vaccine I'll, was not because of the, the FDA. Was not because of the CDC. Was not because of anything but Donald Trump and Wolf Speed. Yeah. That's right. the reason we had the vaccine when we did. So yeah. it, it wasn't it wasn't the government, it was our president that pushed it. And the same people that are now telling you to get the vaccine were the same people a year ago saying, well, I don't know if I want to get Donald Trump's vaccine. Yeah. Everything's double. I'm going to play Jen I'm going to play Jen Psaki. Everything double back to what I said earlier about everything being politicized. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Everything is politicized today. I, and you, your friend, your friend, had, that was an excellent, an excellent questions by your friend. When I got sick, I had a, I had a deficient aortic valve. I was an AFib and had a deficient aortic valve. I needed to have an operation to replace my aortic valve. And I said to my doctor, he said, you, you have to get the COVID vaccine in order to have the operation. I said, why? And he went through point by point by point with me. And that was a decision I made with my doctor. People have to mm-hmm. put politics aside, put everything aside, talk to your medical professional yep. and decide. No, a lot of people aren't doing that. People are just saying, I'm not getting the vaccine. I don't want to get the talk. Trust your doctor. If you trust your doctor, talk to your doctor. I agree right. with that. And uh, I, huh? I yeah. mean, even if you don't trust your doctor, I still say consult with them. Maybe they'll have uh, a reason that will change your mind no matter which way you're thinking of going. Um, exactly. Or get Our, multiple opinions from different doctors. You can go to two or three. Nothing's, nothing's stopping right. you from seeing two to three doctors and asking them. Just don't go with the opinion of the doctor that tells you that you have a hole in your ear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, or, or in my case, I've got a longtime family friend who has worked in the medical profession for 40 plus years. And, you know, she's 64 years old. And um, that best thing I, I would probably do is I might would sit, sit her down and, you know, and have a cup of coffee with her and talk, talk with her at length if, exactly. if she thinks I'm a good candidate or, or if I should go and see her boss who is a doctor or, um, you know, and because I think it is paramount that people need to be consulting with a, a licensed doctor who, um, you know, who, who knows this field because they went to school for like eight to 10 years for this um, versus listening to um, some elected official or, or media personality, you know, presenting misinformation and getting paid to do it. And, and I know that, that Arch, you know, retired basically from the TV news business about a decade ago after nearly 20 years there. And, um, and you've seen your fair share of how that business works. And, Mm -hmm. and I don't know whether you, yeah, you don't regret leaving that business when you did, and, and you whether you would even go back to it. Yeah, I, I, no. The answer to that would be no. I, you know, I, I left TV local news, uh, yeah, about a decade ago, and you know, they even back then we were 
we were sensationalizing every story. You know, you stations make money by selling commercial spots, right? So mm-hmm. we have to get the viewers. And so it's all about everything. Everything in life is about money. Is about money, unfortunately. Yes. And uh, we were we were so many times told to hype hype stories. Uh, you know, I did, I was a meteor. I'm a meteorologist. I specifically did weather, but you know, it was about hyping the weather, making it maybe a little more than it needed to be. Um, and as I look at news today, it's like that on steroids. It's like it's it's just off the charts uh, as far as the sensationalizing of of news stories. And now uh, it's to the point, you know. Back then, you know, when I first started, you know, it's a very liberal uh, field. Most people in news, in the news business, behind the scenes and on camera, are are highly liberal. Not all, but many, the majority are. And mm-hmm. you know, back then, they at least, you know, on air personalities would at least hide their liberalism somewhat. But it's not even the case anymore. So uh, it's a sad state to see yeah. the state of journalism today or so-called journalism today. Uh, it's nothing like it used to be. And, and frankly, I don't think that we'll ever get back there. I have one, uh, one question uh, from one of our uh, listeners, uh, Honeybee, uh, would like to ask Jim, uh, if you are considered of having quote unquote long haul COVID or are you free of symptoms at this current moment? Yes, I am. I am COVID free. I, I am. I was cured of COVID, and what cured me was Regeneron. And are you experiencing any, like, shortnesses of breath or coughing or anything like that currently? Wow, very good question. I have long-term effects with my lungs from the pneumonia. Gotcha. Okay. So you do have a cough and stuff like that on occasion. Yes. Yes, I still have an inhale that I've never had before. And but that's because of the pneumonia part of the COVID. But as far as any COVID, I am cured of COVID. And, and how, it was because of Regeneron. And how, how many months has it been, Jim, since you've been recovering? It's been what, three or four I, months? I was hospitalized. I was hospitalized January 9th. Oh, so good six uh, and months. I, so my, I just had open heart surgery in May to replace the valve that the COVID attacked. Well, it sounds like yeah. you're doing no, a lot better, so I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Um, I'm happy to be alive. Trust me, everything's real. But people have to understand, COVID is real. There's people out there that say COVID, just, you know, so trust me when I tell you. I think, and everybody on this panel can tell you, I'm, you know, I'm just a regular person. COVID is real. COVID almost killed me. And but I also mm-hmm. did everything I was told to do. I wore the mask. I socially distanced. I washed my hands. sanitized. There's, there's no way to stop people from getting it. Did Was the vaccine available yeah. prior to you contracting it, Jim? No, no. The vaccine came out in uh, April, I believe, okay. March, March or April. And I, I got it on, like I said, January 9th, I was hospitalized. All right. Um, if anybody has any questions, I know we're already a little bit uh, over time, but uh, if anybody uh, heard, I know you're on, on the line. If you'd like, if you're obviously you don't, you didn't have to wait till the end, but uh, if you have any questions, you're more than welcome. Or if anybody else uh, would like to call in to have any questions for the gentleman from the free think Institute, uh, don't forget, you can catch them. Uh, they have over on fa- Facebook. Uh, 
uh, over at uh, the Freethink Institute. You can catch them out over there. Um, but I had already read yours. Okay, no worries. Uh, but if anybody else has any comments or uh, has any questions, you're more than welcome to call in. I had one last thing I wanted to bring up, and uh, this uh, basically uh, was an article back on the 19th of July. Apparently, George Soros and Bill Gates have teamed up to buy a COVID company. Have you guys heard about that? No. Uh, they're purchasing a, uh, a company, uh, both George Soros and Bill Gates and Melinda uh, Gates Foundation, uh, that makes rapid COVID-19 tests. Uh, the company's called Mologic Limited, and that was announced uh, by Open Society Foundations, which uh, Soros had also founded. Um, basically, the release on the foundation's website says that it, the purchase creates, quote, Global Access Health, a social enterprise that will seek to expand access to affordable state-of-the-art medical technology through decentralized research, development, and manufacturing in and for the Global South. Uh, apparently, they're purchasing it for about $41 million. And uh, an interesting statement uh, that I thought I'd read was, they said the purchase, quote, transitions a world-class for-profit company into a social enterprise and allows it to entirely reinvest its profits in pursuing these goals. The last I checked, a for-profit company is going to do a hell of a lot better for society than a, uh, what, what did they say? They called it a, uh, a social enterprise. That kind of concerns me a little bit, but that's just, that's just me personally. Well, I wanted to ask is what's the difference between a social enterprise and a nonprofit? Because I work for a nonprofit. Well, it sounds like a, you know, and, and I'm only speculating on this, that a social enterprise, basically they'll reinvest any profits back into research or whatnot, but that's just based on my speculation. Mm. But anything uh, Bill Gates and uh, Soros has involvement, it kind of sketches me out a little bit. Yeah. I, 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 Kind of scratch my head on the reasons of why they want to. Yeah. You know. Well, is there any uh, any other comments that uh, you guys have uh, before we head out? Out, I appreciate you guys joining us uh, for another episode tonight. We uh, uh, We'll go around, uh, Jim. Uh, since you're on the phone first, uh, I'll give you first crack. Well, I, I just want to thank you for having us on, and uh, next time I will definitely have the computer issues solved, so I won't have to be on the phone, but, uh, it's always, it's always great to be with you and be on the show. And, uh, as far as, you know, your promotion of, of the free thing Institute, it's, it's just something that we couldn't do, get the publicity on our own and get the exposure on our own. We want to thank you for having us on. Hey, not a problem. Anytime, uh, you, uh, are always more than welcome to come on. Just give me a heads up and we'll, We'll get you on and uh, appreciate your insights tonight, Jim. And I hope you continue to, uh, well, you're COVID free. So remain that way for God's sakes. And exactly. I'm going to try like that. continued good health to you, my friend. All right. Um, Peter, um, Peter, the unspoken one. <laughs> he, he's the, he's the, uh, he's the smart one. He likes to conjure up uh, ideas. I can tell. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm just uh, the great listener tonight. Um, thank you for having us on. It's always been a pleasure to come in here and talk about current events and get different opinions and be able to get it out to people who need and want to hear it. Sounds good. And I appreciate you joining us, uh, Peter. And 
my friend Dave. It's good to see you okay. again. Okay, here's something very off the wall. There's a uh, there's a series of interviews on in on YouTube of uh, Gianni Russo. Uh, you could get him by putting his first initial G with his last name R U S S O. He is an actor who was in the Godfather films, as well as a former mobster with, who used to work for Frank Castellano. He gave a series of interviews that are quite revealing. And if true, I mean, it could give you an insight of what the uh, uh, what they call the deep state is all about. Wow. So Gianni, Gianni Russo, right? Yeah, Gianni Russo. All right, and the uh, for for those at home, G I A N N I, and then Russo right. R U S S O. I'll definitely That's check right. that out. I'd uh, be interested in yeah seeing what that has to say. And mm -hmm. uh, Arch, my God, I know you're a busy guy. What you know, we got to do this more often, my friend. Uh, you want to? I know, James. Thank you so much for letting us come on your show, and I thank you for being a beacon of freedom. Uh, and I, I really thank you for what you do on mm -hmm. getting, getting, you know, freedom of speech and discussing it and, and, and letting conservatives have a voice, which we don't have these days. Um, you know, the Free Think Institute, that's what we're about. We're about free thought. And we're about being able to debate <laughs> an issue. And, you know, as long as, as, as we'll be able to remain on Facebook, uh, I, I, I seriously think conservatives days are limited there but uh, you can get us there at free think institute on facebook and i just want to mention that stay stay with us because you know as as this social media develops and the topic of censorship develops if we ever move to 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 another site you'll want to stay tuned because we'll keep you posted uh -huh. if they ever try to get rid of us there so well um well, and speaking of the Free Think Institute, I had already proposed the idea of are, are y'all considering plans to do a podcast show sometime in the coming months, which hopefully that answer is yes. Um, and so we can certainly encourage friends of the Slightly Serious Show and other great, you know, conservative and America-friendly podcasts and friends of the Free Think Institute to be on the lookout for that as you know, we get, get get close to debuting it. Yeah, I can't wait can't wait for that to come out. And uh, definitely, when you have that, you'll have to have me on as a guest. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You're going oh, yes. to be our first one, oh, James. Yeah, first I one. If I, can live up, I don't think I can live up to that, but uh, wow. I'll accept the challenge. <laughs> and I, I know I'd be included, too, because, I mean, of course. I, I, you know, I really busted my ass to get y'all on the show three times. Aaron, and I busted my ass looking for other great guests. That you have, Producer Eric. Let's give Producer Eric a round of applause. No, you're, 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 we appreciate the hard work, producer Eric. We really do. Exactly. Well, um, I hate to call it a, a, a the end, but the, the end has come and, uh, continue on spreading the word, making sure that getting the word out there, remaining, uh, relevant, make sure we don't disappear from social media and all that. And, mm -hmm. uh, who knows? I, I even might try to join this, uh, Trump lawsuit. I, I mean, we've been kicked off by YouTube so many times. Uh, it's getting ridiculous. We got kicked off of HAPS and we got kicked off of a radio network that mustn't be named. And we know other people it's happened to as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, continue getting the word out. And uh, I think if you take anything out uh, of tonight, you know, um, I think like we're all about on our show, say it how it is. Don't uh, there's no need to sugarcoat it. 
uh, keep things relevant and uh, just be, be well your unapologetically on. unfiltered self on this show is what I would like to say. Well, not just on this show, Eric, but in life. I think everybody, exactly, if, we can yeah. get back, if we can get back to that, to where we don't need to worry about the color of someone's skin or if they got a penis or what, whatever it is that they got, <laughs> treat them with respect. Yeah. They're your neighbor. They're your friends in society. Right. And, right. uh, you know, if you stop, if you turn off the damn TV and turn off all the BS that you listen to yeah. from your local politicians, life would be grand. Try Absolutely. it out. Put, put, uh, put the phones down. Enjoy life. Go out and have barbecues with your neighbors. Uh, pick up your phone when our show's back on the air. That's the only time we ask you to use your phone. <laughs> That's but, what I did last weekend. What's that? That's what I did last weekend. I had two barbecues during the weekend. There you go. And th that's what it's all about is, uh, you know, getting back to where that's where we need to get back to as a society. Uh, basically, neighbors being neighbors again. And well, right. yeah. Stop yeah. listening to the BS because all the rhetoric, like Arch said earlier tonight, especially the news media, mm -hmm. they got to make it more than it, what it is. Just yes. to get the ratings. Amen, brother. So. All right, everybody. I hope you all have a uh, blessed rest of the week and uh, look forward to uh, scheduling another one sometime soon. And uh, until then, have a good rest of your evening, everybody. Love you. God bless James. you, everybody. We'll see you next time. And make sure you make sure you check the, the, the gentleman over out over on Facebook, like uh, they said, at Free Think Institute. And make sure you check us out over on social media as well on our Twitter, Twitter page, slightly serious. If you have any questions, you can always email the show with your comments. Even if you're pissed off, you can email me and tell me about it. I might read it <laughs> on air if you're lucky. Otherwise, join us again tomorrow night for another show tomorrow, 930 Eastern time. Until then, God bless you and God bless America. See you next time. Thanks for listening to tonight's show. Not all content is endorsed by Slightly. However, if you'd like to contact me for any reason, email us over at slightlyseriousshow at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. Don't forget to share the show and help us grow our audience. And remember, we mean that in the most serious way. Until the next time, good night, everybody. And remember, I love you and I love your show. Thank <laughs> you.